0: Welcome to Fake Friends Podcast, Season Two, Episode Seven. Grown-ass emotions. With everything happening this year and so many aspects of life in transition, we wanna unpack the emotions surrounding all of the changes. This episode, we're discussing how we acknowledge and move through our different emotions as they come. I'm Kiera Rose.
1: And I'm Sola T. Let's go ahead and get this week started with our question of the week. This week, we're mixing it up a little bit. We're actually not doing this in deep question, but it's a question I find to be really interesting. So this week's question is, how does it feel to grow outgrow your 20s?
0: Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> it's like the best feeling ever. I think what it is is like really coming into like my true womanhood of mm. like everything that I was trying to get to in my 20s and like trying to rush through to get to in my 20s. And like now finally realizing it being here and being mm. a lot more comfortable. Yeah. It's just a really. Nice feeling like now I think I can really like slow down and take the time to like, you know, stop and smell the roses, like oh. not be in such a rush to get to any place, but really just enjoy the the journey of life at this at this stage.
1: Yeah. I think for me, I, w- I w- it's definitely a similar feeling. I think that, you know, I've mentioned before the ideas around being firm versus brittle. But I think on the other end of firm is like this constantly trying to explore who you are, which are not really being firm on anything. And I am really appreciating the firmness. I think that that's a part of the outgrowing the 20s is to kind of just be solid, you know, still a little bit malleable to kind of further guy, but just really also having the space to be like, this is who I am. Like this mm-hmm. is what I like, this is what I don't like, and not having to say sorry or but after it, like this mm. is this is it and I'm willing to grow and expand but this is the base these are the bones of it all and I think that's a really really dope feeling
0: it it is
1: yeah, it like, is a... I enjoyed exploring but I'm glad to not like just constantly still be exploring like really putting the pieces together mm-hmm. and knowing what those pieces are is just really affirming
0: yeah it it really really is so I'm curious though like how would you describe your emotional state like today in current times?
1: Today, I would say that um, my emotions are transitioning to the space of like liberation. I think before I kept my emotions like locked up, if that Mm. makes sense. And so really being in a space to express my emotions and feel my emotions and intentionally create space for that. um, I feel a lot of things and I feel like before I used to think like, oh, you can only feel one thing at one time. And so really preparing, I feel like my emotions are very dynamic and I make space for them to be dynamic. So I feel right now, currently, I feel a lot of joy um just kind of in the transitions that I'm in. I'm I'm nervous. I um, but I'm not apprehensive. Like I'm I'm nervous and that's a very good feeling, but also emotionally I'm ready to just move forward and to embrace those and to make space. Like if I, I'm scared, I can now make more space to say like okay i'm a little bit nervous about that i'm scared about that and i'm also going to move forward because there's a sense of joy that is sustainable and i can see where that joy can be found more in this next step Um but i think it's really just I think for me, emotion, my emotions are dynamic right now, and I've mm. never really allowed them to be. I've always had to say, like, if you're sad, you're sad, or like, mm-hmm. if you're sad, you can't really also be happy. But understanding there's layers and levels to it all, and really <laughs> allowing space for all of it to happen, and not trying to suppress one to allow the other to live, but like really creating space for it all to happen at the same time.
0: Yes, that, that's literally what I was gonna say. That dynamic space, because I feel like you know, I'm really overjump overwhelmed with like joy and happiness and mm-hmm. excitement of like planning my wedding and what's coming next right. and then there's also this like these anxious feelings of like what's happening in the world and right. Right. Um, transitioning my career and just a lot of unknowns that are also really interesting so it's like I'm dynamic is definitely the word. Um, cause sometimes, you know, I'm doing a little bit better and I just kind of focus on the pockets of joy. And then I, like you said in the past, wouldn't also acknowledge that, but I'm also feeling this. So right. I think I've been giving myself a lot more space to be like, I can yeah. be happy, but that doesn't stop that this the other, other thing is things also happening. happening.
1: Yeah. I think that's pivotal, especially in the year of 2020, right? Like mm-hmm. of just the idea that there is so much, there are so many like crazy, wild, terrible things going on right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of times the way we're raised is that we can't express our ex- happiness or our joy or our excitement towards things when bad things are happening. And that's just not even my philosophy. Like, it's all happening. And so I'm going to make sports for it all. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to deny one aspect because these other aspects are going on. I think it's important that we, like you said, create space for all of it to happen. And as a, as a healthy person, we have to acknowledge all of it from my perspective. So that's really... Um, I'm glad we're both in that space to be like, you know what? I feel these things. And mm-hmm. because I'm I'm happy about planning my wedding doesn't mean that I can't feel other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's real. Um, one of the other things, too, that has created a little bit of excitement and anxiety at the same time in my life is just, you know, the holidays approaching. Mm. Um, and, you know, possibly being around family or not being able to be around family and making... The decision and trying to decide what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, kind of what what are your plans in regards to the holiday season? How do you typically celebrate? Is it a, a, a happy emotion or a challenging emotion for you? Like, what are you feeling?
1: I don't think that I. I think over the years because I've not lived, you know, at home or I guess I don't really. Um, It's kind of going to sound weird, but I don't really value how my my family celebrates holidays. Like, it's not a a high priority value for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not a challenging time for me. um, But I understand that that's very different for other people. Um, I actually look forward to non-traditionally celebrating the holidays and just kind of having a day to kind of rest and be joyful and visit friends, maybe virtually or uh, in person. But it's not something that... um, I don't think that I really get sad around the holidays um, or really like need for that time. I don't don't think I have that connection at this point in my life. Um, I think I've really, you know, for the longest time I've lived, even when I lived in Vegas, I was away from my immediate family. So I got to celebrate with um, my friend at the time, her family, but it's still very different. Like that's still a very different dynamic for me. So I think I just got really used to that of like, okay, I'm just going to, Try to be joy. Joy is just prioritized on those days. of so like whatever I'm doing, I just want to be happy. I just want to, whether it's watching a movie or going out to eat or ordering in, like whatever it is that that's what it that's what's important to me is my spirit on those days, not necessarily uh, focused on how I'm spending the day.
0: If mm. That makes sense. Yeah, that so absolutely that absolutely makes sense. I think for me, something I didn't realize is Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I mean, aside mm-hmm. from we can get in, into the actual origin of the holiday. I'm still trying to figure out what we're calling it now. Yeah. Um, but the idea of, you know, being surrounded by friends and family, being thank- thankful to celebrate with them. And I mean, getting to eat all my favorite foods yeah. and not feeling bad about it for a day uh, or two. Um. I didn't realize how much that holiday in particular, though, I really enjoyed. And I think it's because as a child, our house was, the Thanksgiving house. So I remember mm. like all the cousins, like everyone will come over. I can remember like helping make the sweet potato pies and like helping cook in the kitchen and like all the music playing and like mm. even just like the smell of the food and yeah. just like incense burning though at the same time and then like <laughs> candles lit. And it's just like the music, everything, all of it. And so once we no longer did that, um, cause I actually, that side of the family was, my mom was married into Mm. that. So once they got divorced and that kind of all left, I remember just always being really sad around Thanksgiving, like Mm. not having that dynamic. And so as I got older, I really enjoyed going, stepping into other people's homes and having that experience. So like, I remember I lived in Boston, their family all got together and it was the same environment. Mm. And like, getting dressed upstairs and then coming down to show my Thanksgiving outfit yeah. and like <laughs> having all the little cousins and just everybody being around. And so I don't know. It's just, it is, it it's, it was sad for me for a while of like this year thinking like, I won't be able to, <laughs> ha- to do that and to have that experience. And then, um, Also not being able to celebrate my fiance because of his work schedule was like Mm -hmm. really frustrating for me for a while. But I ended up being able to go celebrate um, with my younger sister side of the family in Iowa. And we had the best time, like the best time. So I feel like I feel happy that I went Um, and I'm just praying (laughs) everyone stays healthy and is okay um, from making that trip. Um, but I'm definitely glad I did it. Cause I think if I would have stayed home and just been by myself, like that would have been really hard for me. Yeah.
1: I think it's, you know, it's really a moment to think about like how we prioritize or how we value different things. And like, what is the story behind it? That's where like, when you were mentioning that, I was thinking like, Hmm, like what, what was my relationship? What's been my relationship to Thanksgiving? And also like the Christmas holiday. Like I, those are just two holidays. I don't, whole like I don't have a heavy weight with like Mm. my favorite holiday is New Year's Eve. Like that Mm. hands down like that has to do like I get excited. So if I was like even even by myself though, honestly, I like I (laughs) that's just that's a holiday that I just really enjoy celebrating. But I was thinking like when I'm an only child and my mom like we were a house when I was younger we were house hoppers. Like we went on a full tour on Thanksgiving. And so I think it's just it's cool, but it's not something it was never my home. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so like that connection you're having to being your home and really enjoying that space and, and transitioning like my house has never been the Thanksgiving house. So mm-hmm. I think that that's also why like Thanksgiving of like it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is great to go and meet with people. But it's also like, OK, that's cool if I just, you know, virtually just, you know reach out to somebody or something like that. But I actually had a friend come into town for Thanksgiving, which was really dope um and we like it wasn't tra- this is the first year i've never i like i didn't have a traditional thanksgiving meal though and i loved it i love that we had we ordered like? we ordered peruvian food yes. which was really really good and just like there was no cleanup there was no work there okay. was no, i'm still out here looking for somebody's super potato pie slice but it's okay because i also <laughs> live in a city where i eat thanksgiving food pretty often
0: in mm-hmm. my head,
1: so that's yeah. cool too. But I think it, it does make you think, though. Like, especially when you're, as I'm looking forward to something like that, may be a really good conversation to have when I'm dating. like, how you know, how are the holidays for you? What what are the things that you look forward to in the holidays? Mm-hmm. Because I think I, I have a very different experience with that, like the traditional holidays. Oh yeah, no end year season.
0: It's absolutely something to talk about because, as you know, yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> fiance and I butted heads. Last year, because, again, um, just with his work schedule and it being, like, right as basketball season is starting, um, I wanted to go to my sister's house because that had became my tradition. Like, the last few years, I've gone to her house, the one that's in Louisiana, I just went to go see to celebrate. Right. And I really wanted him to come and, like, meet them and also just, like, just so you know... This is my family, so I mean, if you want out, <laughs> you go ahead. <have> uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 I'm, a, I'm letting you know. Right. You know, come, You'll come with off. them. This off. is us. Uh, <laughs> take it or leave it, right. and so. Yeah. And I think I, I just didn't do a great job of expressing the emotion that I was having around it and having around him possibly not being able to come. I mean, ultimately, he made it happen he, and we were able to get there. We were literally there for 24 hours. Like we landed at like 7 a.m. and we're back on the plane at like 7 a.m. the next day. But, but I think the like day with said, the family,
1: I think, like you said, that that being able to express that that's something important to you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think that it, it all, it, sometimes it takes those types of situations for us to really reflect on it and be like, oh, I didn't realize this was as important to me. Cause to me, it's like, if there's mm-hmm. no new year's plans, that's how I feel. Like mm-hmm. if there's not, if I, if I was dating somebody and there's like not something we're going to do, even if it's something in the house, like there's not something to be like, we're going to mark this. Of like, you're just like, we're not going to, that wouldn't work for me. Yeah. So, um, you know what I mean? Thinking, really thinking about that and finding the words to express how I feel about that is important, and in, 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 like you said, just in this episode, talking about um, those grown ass emotions of like, sometimes mm. we have deeper meaning to things and we just have it, right? And we're not always sure of how to articulate that to somebody else to express like, this is why this is valuable to me. Um, and these are the things that I find to be important because maybe they're just like, not like you and I, we don't share that experience. It okay. doesn't mean that one is the right way and one the other is the wrong, but it's like, if I can have a little bit more insight, then I can have some further understanding. I think even going back to that last year conversation, I was like, all right, key, like, you know. If Man, it's
0: a, I'm like. like, if, like if it's uh... important, like, what you
1: gotta <laughs> say, but I don't personally see like, it's basketball season. You know what I mean? But it wasn't to negate your feelings, but it's like, I also don't have that thing with that holiday. So it's like, if you feel this way, you should say something, but also create space to understand that it's not necessarily against you. He just may not have that thing because this is the field that he works in. He can't have that thing.
0: Right. And I was, I was really struggling because I mean, I, I knew at that point, this is the man I wanted to marry. So I was struggling with it though, because It's like, okay, yeah, it's only one day out the year that like, he's not meeting me where I need him to meet me. But it was like, going forward, I think I even said that to you. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be okay with this for the rest of my life. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I remember you saying that. And I think it's that thing of like, you have to explore that because maybe you are okay if it's like, hey, this is what we do as an alternative because it is Mm -hmm. a work schedule. Sometimes you don't have that flexibility. It's not a personal choice of his. But Mm -hmm. I think those type of things, when we talk about grown emotions, sometimes it's really important for us to uncover holidays, I think, pack a lot of emotions, whether it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, and sometimes it's the lack of emotion that's connected to it, um, Mm -hmm. or the lack of positive or the, the intensity of negative emotion that's associated.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that's happened recently outside of just, you know, the holidays or, you know, what we've been talking about that's been a trigger point for you that's caused a lot of like emotions to come up that you might not have initially understood you know what was triggering you and you had to like kind of search deeper to see what was going on
1: yeah i think for me um it's something that i actually haven't announced to everybody and probably won't outside of this episode but um i quit my job recently like yes uh this past week was my last week and there are a lot of emotions that were connected to that that i just you know, you try to prepare for something like, okay, like I I'm, I might feel like this, I might feel like, you know, a little nervous. I might, feel, I feel like nervousness, there was a nervousness there. There was a joy there because I was navigating into, uh, I feel like I'm navigating into a healthier space to, to remove myself from that situation. But I think there was also like um, a familiarity um, emotion of like, but this is what I've been, I've been working for this company for six years and Um, I'm used to kind of navigating my day like this and I know and feel that this is a great job to leave it but there's also like a who like what am I like what am I actually about to do and uh, because this isn't something that I broadly you know like widely broadcasted like wow like how am I going to talk about this how am I going to navigate this and um all while feeling really excited. (laughs) And I think that we talk about those dynamic feelings of like, I'm not just going to get a paycheck for showing up. Mm. Um, And the emotions around that and even just making the decision of like, it wasn't a decision I made based off of finances, actually um, something that was considered, but really it was something that I based off of my mental health Mm. and understanding that there are layers to not necessarily making those decisions off of my financial well being. But to take care of my mental health that like are challenging of like, okay, well, you're used to using this, living this lifestyle, you know, your lifestyle has to change. And how are you going to feel about that? And um, there's things that you're very used to um, and accustomed to that you're now may have to sacrifice. And what does that feeling of sacrifice look like for the next year? What does Mm. it look like for even the next three months? Um, And being able to just kind of do what you want and also having to say like, no, actually I can't afford that. Or actually I can't prioritize that. Um, and having feelings of, like, unworthiness come up of, like, am I actually worthy of stepping into this space? Like, do I have what it takes to do that? So there's just a lot of feelings I actually have right now of, like, I I know I'm kind of good at this. I know people have said I'm good at this, but is this something that is worth being paid for? Um, There is a a particular position that I've applied. preparing to apply for it that I'm really interested in. Um, and it still balances that entrepreneurial space, but I'm sitting here, you know, I had a moment where I'm like, am I qualified for this? Mm. Like, I know, I know, I know, look at these job responsibilities and I can do this, but like, am I actually qualified for it? And um, really tackling those feelings of like undervaluing my own gifts and mm-hmm. Um, tackling previous traumas that I've had that have resurfaced of like, okay, the pepper says you the paper says you need this, but like you haven't done exactly that. But knowing in the back of my head, like I have experience, but I think articulating that experience, right? Of my experience doesn't fit exactly into this mode, but I'm confident that I can do this, but I'm also still feeling a little less than and like why mm-hmm. am I feeling like that? So is that
0: coming from other people, like conversations that you have had, and also partly why you Are openly broadcasting or sharing, you know, this next chapter?
1: Um, I think it's more so with me. I don't actually think it's with other people. I think that when you sit down and, you know, you look at the qualifications for something and your qualifications aren't exactly what the paper is asking for, um, that can be challenging that can be challenging mm-hmm. to be like okay you want me to do this and you want me to show this marketing skills and you want me to show what brands I've built and all that and I'm going to have all those statistics but I there's a part of me that knows I can do this mm-hmm. but like I'm also sitting here like but what you're asking for I don't exactly have mm. so reconciling like that translation of feeling empowered to translate to advocate for myself right like that's a challenging feeling I'm going through right now for like I know I can do this job. I know my passions will allow me to perform very well um, and my skills will as well, but also feeling like, I don't know if I exactly check all of these boxes.
0: Gotcha.
1: But um, I think because I haven't broadcasted it, like that's how I know it's not other people. (laughs) But, um, and, and, you know, outside of this, I think i found a lot of peace in this besides, you know, just talking about what's actually happening with me. Um, It's not something that I, I really um want to lend like it's something that I I hold really special to my heart right now that like I was able to make this transition with just me to making the decision I didn't ask people for their opinions Mm -hmm. this is something I did for myself and that was very important for me to do it that way
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um but also realizing it's it's
0: super important I think for me though times that I don't ask for people's opinions is because I already know that you're going to give me feedback that I'm not looking for. Mm. And so I think that's what I'm wondering. Was it also partially protecting your peace, protecting your emotions? Um,
1: I think more so for my family. Like I think my friends have all just been pretty embracing about it. Um, But it's my family, like uh, understanding the ideology and the perspective in which they operate is stability based, even mm-hmm. if it's not true stability across different realms of your person, uh, being mental and emotional. And I know that my family doesn't necessarily prioritize those mental and emotional spaces. Um, and so I, I'm not going to present them with something that's going to intentionally cause conflict to me and my mm-hmm. perspective and my wellness. And so I would love to be in a space where I could do that and I could have those conversations. But I think that's another dynamic of the feelings of like this. That is also the hard part is that I feel like I can't exactly be open and honest with everybody in my life right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's hard. It's very challenging to not um, feel like you can share something and really be met with full support or to share something and not be met with their concern and their worry um, like I'm already trying to manage the the, the bit I have, um, but I want to just be able to say that this is the best decision that I'm making for myself and kind of like, let that lead. Um, mm. And right now I'm not in the position with all of my family members to to do that. And that I'm, if I'm hundred percent honest, that's, it's very hurtful. Um, because I would like to be able to say, you know, this is what I'm going through because it's a vulnerable space for me to say like, Hey guys, like I don't, I don't feel safe in this place. I don't, I'm not well over here and really just be able to be met with like, make the best decision for you. But, um, I've learned to understand that everybody can not extend that.
0: That's, that's definitely where I'm at as well, because there are things that I want my family to support me and I want them to be happy for me. And, you know, I'm excited and I'm happy. And it's like, and Y'all sucks. can't show up and you can't do the same, so then I can't share with you. And I was having a moment. I posted it on our our Instagram when we were talking about like different types of love. Mm. And I've really been having this time to like sit down and think about like not knowing that friendship and love could coexist.
1: Mm. Right, and
0: it's because of my family. Like I know they love me. Right, but. Their love was never filled with friendship. Like even what you were saying about, like, yeah, my friends support me. My friends are are all about it. Like they, you know, they believe in me. They trust my my decisions for myself. Okay. Um, but then not receiving that from your family is hurtful because those are the people that you're really the closest to. You know, yeah. and
1: and you want to share. You want to share, like, this is what's going on. And not to say you want to control the narrative, but like you don't want to be met with all of this the crap.
0: No. Should or I... just the not the lack of care. Yeah. Like the the nonchalant like oh okay. oh okay. Like or almost like they're hoping that you fail because it didn't work for them.
1: Yeah. And I think that we don't always have the space to talk about this. So I'm glad we're talking like I'm struggling right now. But I'm gonna work through it because I think it's I feel supported by my family in a certain way. But I think mm-hmm. um I live a life that's very different from them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to imagine asking them to understand where I'm coming from and to trust and to have faith. I think more than anything is like, I have a different type of faith, <laughs> you know. I, I I have a different type of relationship with God and the universe that I've realized over the years. My family does not have, so mm. a lot of the things I do and I say are just um, are just different. Like they, it's just different. And I think the hardest part is still wanting to like have them understand Be
0: involved, yeah, and, and
1: yeah, and, like, participate yes. in, like, call them and you know, they feel celebrate, celebrate and and not have to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, explain yourself or explain why you're making the decision or like confront something because they're Mm -hmm. presenting with a notion that just is blatantly against how you feel. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: I think that that's very challenging. Um, And I don't always speak about it because I think that like, if I say, hey, I need something um, tangible, right? Like um, my family knows how to deal with that, but when it comes to like emotional support of like I made me more vulnerable with this space. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to not have them show up and show out. Right,
0: like, it's because you can't to- be honest and say. I am scared, but you know, yeah, and also because you're already, yeah, you're already, you're already putting, putting all the
1: energy on
0: this. So situation. now I have to present with this front, this exactly. this face that doesn't allow me to be vulnerable. Um, exactly, and yeah. I think
1: that's the that's the hard part of like, um, but that's also the blessing of having your tribe because like that's your chosen family, that's your mm-hmm. chosen space. Um, but I, I, you know, if I'm 100% honest, like sometimes I would, I just wish I could be a little bit more understood by my family in, in that realm of
0: yeah.
1: like, I um, I don't, I know that you have had to make certain sacrifices and um, lead a life a certain way because most of the time you guys had kids by the time mm-hmm. you were my age, yeah. um, but I, I've intentionally not done that. I've intentionally taken the steps so that I can make these type of sacrifices without having to sacrifice my child, right? Like I've made right. I, so a part of that is also just understanding you. Don't, you've never had a chance to experience making a decision oh, for yourself, come on. and yeah. um, also reconciling that and understanding, like actually, you're probably just not the person that you. You're gonna have to put effort into understanding, and you might not have the capacity and the tools and the in the desire to do that right now. And as much as that hurts my feelings at times, like I can also acknowledge that. I can also acknowledge that we are just at, me at 29 is not the person that you were at 29. Right. I don't have the same things on my plate. And I've intentionally done that because I've seen what you've gone through. Um, And not to say that you did a bad job, but it's just to say that it's a different journey. Um, And so sometimes for me to expect you to reach my journey, I understand that that's a reach. Um, mm-hmm. Still desire it. Still wish that you could meet me here. Uh-huh. Um, but yes. I also understand that that's why God has placed other people in other, you know, realms of support and understanding in my life. But um, as I was saying, like it still hurts. It still it it, feels challenging to move through to not be able to call, you know, your mom or my grandma, Some of the closest, you know, they're closest to me in certain elements of my life. Mm-hmm. And to feel like this is what I'm actually doing, um, and navigate the feelings. I have about not telling them. I think that that's been more surprising for me of like, I'm growing. I don't have to tell y'all nothing, but also <laughs> being like, dang, like I, I actually would like to share this, but I know the energy that you would call into it is not something that I find to be helpful or that actually protects my peace.
0: Right. So
1: um I have to navigate the best that I, best way that I can right now.
0: Awesome honestly all that we can do I mean I'm doing the same thing going through the same similar emotions I think again in regards to being engaged in my wedding and even simple things is someone asking like oh do you think they'll show or like who do you think is coming who do you think would actually mm. come to your destination wedding like you think people will really go to Mexico for you like even if they're not adding the for you like it's, that's what it's there. it's understood and so like it's that's been hard for me to be like,
1: and understanding. you
0: think that people aren't gonna, like, you really feel that way. You think yeah. that this is, and like the person it's coming from is just like that. I understand why you're saying this, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make it any okay. better.
1: Yeah. And I think when you realize like how much people's own feelings and own emotions around unworthiness and unhappiness and lack uh, are influencing conversations with other people. I think that's I think that's just hurtful to me on so many levels because like you intentionally don't think well of yourself.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Like you intentionally
0: because you don't think anyone would do it for you. So exactly. So of course they wouldn't for for,
1: for you. Like of course they wouldn't do it additionally, but I think that's the hardest part is like you can't control somebody's scope. Right. Mm. Like you can't control the the landscape in which they think it's possible um and some people have a very narrow view of that and that always like that's always just hard for me emotionally to be like that's all you think like if you want to do whatever you could do you can do that um Mm -hmm. and really truly feeling that way and realizing like the world doesn't all feel that way and sometimes a lot of uh, outside of them not feeling that way like they want to tell you that that's not what the case is or show yeah. you or make you feel that way or make you question it and sometimes mm-hmm. that comes from people we we it shouldn't come from it
0: yeah because then it's been the uh, other people that like I don't expect so like you know they say if you invite 100 people to a destination wedding 50-year show mm-hmm. and so I'm like all right cool well I'm gonna invite 100 and hope 50 will show and now I'm like oh i might. Like, like, what am I? Can y'all fit. <laughs> what fit? Be- <laughs> right, can y'all all fit? Like, oh no. Um, that's a
1: testament of the love that you extend. And I think we yeah. have to, in, in these moments of us being challenged emotionally, especially by those closest to us or those quote unquote people that should be uh, showing up and those are having charl- more challenging times with affirming uh, that type of love and worthiness in your life is to really reflect on like, but you've done it anyway. Mm, but you yeah. but you've built that life anyway outside of that scope that was fed to you outside of those, you know, notions that were were, were provided to you to work on. You chose something different. Um, and everybody, unfortunately, sometimes our blessing is to be the blessing. Mm. Um, and, and sometimes that's challenging for us, but sometimes that is the blessing is for us to show somebody through the way that we live and the way that we are and the way that we navigate our relationships to be mm-hmm. different, to to show up in a full way that is outside of somebody's imagination. Um, and that that is it. We don't need to say or do anything else, but but be loved. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's hard because you still want to love a certain way from a certain <laughs> person. But I think that's exactly it of like, okay, that's, that's how you feel. I'm going to protect my peace and set up the appropriate boundaries. Right. But you'll see. You'll yeah. see. What you don't think is possible is, is a birthright.
0: Man. It yeah. And just learning to also just ignore some of the, the mm-hmm. shade and the be I literally had someone and this is the side of the family I actually fool with. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, He got a job. Like I literally because they haven't met my fiance, like they don't and I don't talk, I don't yeah, share yeah. a lot because there ain't nothing. Yeah, nothing to share. Like we good, we happy, we living. And so they were just like, "Oh yeah, I mean, as long as he got a job, what? Why would that even?" As long as who am I? I? (laughs) Like what? What kind of? I'm. I was so confused, and it was they weren't being funny. As long as, and this is the thing. This this is the reason they weren't being funny because then later on that evening, someone was on a video chat, and I'm gonna call it a video chat. Mm -hmm. Not FaceTime, a video chat. Okay, okay, okay. With someone who was incarcerated. Y'all say, that's to sound like
1: somebody in jail.
0: <laughs> so he ain't got a job. And I was like, oh. oh so then I was no. like, I can't even take a fix. Con- I can just be the other. I can, like you said, I can just be the. Sometimes it's just the blessing is in the being. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: And, and I think it's not to say one ba- way is better than another, but to show the, the full scope. Like right. I would right. talk about moving to Maryland to and being like, you can see black people doing everything here. And that's such an attractive thing for me. Um, but realizing, like, coming from Minnesota, some t- the there wasn't a lot of being to be the blessing, right? No, so here, wasn't. just by people doing what they're they're called to do and being passionate, just me me going into a black dentist's office, I'm able to like understand, like this is a place for for black people too. And I think love and, you know, partnership and and marriage is similar. It doesn't mean that you need, you can only attach yourself to what you see, but what you see is powerful. And Mm -hmm. and that scope of how you see love represented is important for it to be a broad scope so that you can truly choose and you can truly start to see and identify within parts that speak to you.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to just say to sum up this conversation, I'm Hella proud of you, girl. Thank you. I'm proud of us yes. for being the first. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's okay to be the first. Yeah. Uh to break cycles. And honestly, that's what they worked for. They just they not they not ready to fully see,
1: yeah,
0: see it or believe it themselves. And so you doing it. We doing it. We're
1: doing it, and I thank you, and you know, I extend that, like, just thinking about, you know, you and I, and I think a lot of the reasons why we're late is, like, we have single moms, and, like, you mm-hmm. know, there's these other aspects of our lives that we're pretty similar, and just thinking that I don't think we've been ever given the honor to, like, we're about to be 30 years old, and neither one of us have children.
0: Intentionally. Intentionally,
1: like, like we, we we wait. Way that we did that. And I think like that's not everybody's story, but I know it's something that was important to both of us to be oh, able yeah,
0: from the beginning.
1: to live our lives without having to make those certain sacrifices. And when choosing mm-hmm. to step into that realm, choosing to do so with a loving partner um, yeah. to be able to journey with. um, And I think that that's very important for us to really give honor to because a lot of, I think, what you and I go through of wanting certain support emotionally has so much to do with the fact that that our mothers and our, our, you know, people around us didn't get to be fully realized the woman that they were before they became mothers. They did and not. I, I'm so grateful that we have been able to learn at least five years more of women, yeah. of the women we are.
0: It makes a difference. I don't believe that you know anything until you're 25. Yeah. <laughs> like I did not, I, I, even you know, my other sister um, that's three years younger than me who lives with me and. I remember telling her, like, girl, just wait till you're 25. Like, don't worry about nobody, about none of this. Like, just live your life until you're 25. And then, like, things really, you start to see things differently. Things start to come together. And to think, I mean, our mothers were already mothers. Exactly. At least mine was. Yeah, no,
1: both of ours. I think both of our, like, I think our moms became moms at similar
0: times. Yeah, so
1: it's like thinking about that, and they life.
0: weren't super young. My mom was twenty five exactly when she had me. Yeah. yeah, and so it was like in their mind, in the world they came from, they waited.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like they were waiting, but I think yeah. that they still didn't get that layer of I can do things outside of whatever this traditional box was that they were giving me. And I can feel and I can explore and I can I can honor my feelings through actions, right? Like if I don't feel, if I feel a certain way, there's an action that can correlate that I can take without having to feel like I have to prioritize another person. And yeah. I'm glad, of course, I'm grateful that they prioritized, like they prioritized us in the best mm-hmm. way that they could. But I think that there is something powerful about us living in a way that allowed us to get a little further into that process before we had to make those type of sacrifices.
0: Yes, I completely agree. Well, the next thing I kind of wanted us to, to touch on was just like emotional intelligence. I was watching this movie on Netflix and when I tell you this movie was so triggering, it, I don't even want to tell you the name of it. It's called Hillbilly Eulogy.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I know it's. Okay. I didn't name it, so I I, I don't feel bad about it. Okay. You didn't either. Um, but I watched it actually on the on my flight to Iowa, and. The way that this mother is towards him, he he finally makes it out. He goes uh, to Ivy League school and, you know, is going to be the first one to, like, make it out mm. of, you know, you know, just making it out. Right. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> give the movie away uh, in case people want to watch it. But I was just like, it's the lack of emotional intelligence that this mother has that is what's so hard to watch and i was really my sister was on the plane next to me like you good girl because i was bawling i just felt so like triggered and it's not that my mom was anywhere near as awful as his mother is in this movie um but some of the things of like the the triggers for her of like me saying I have needs, I need things that are being met and her feeling like, but I've already given you mm-hmm. my entire life. You should be grateful. Like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Even instead of, you know what I'm saying, instead of having the emotional intelligence to To be be like, like,
1: okay, there's something that wasn't met and I don't have to center myself in that experience of them walking through these emotions.
0: Exactly. So I wanted to share what the different types of emotional intelligence are before we move into Sola in the City. Yes,
1: I think this is really good.
0: (laughs) So there are four types of emotional intelligence and to understand the full scope of emotional intelligence, it's helpful to break it down into the four Um, facets. So the first one is self-awareness, which is the ability to identify and understand your own emotions and how they affect you. Um, Through self-awareness, you can recognize how your feelings can help or hinder you from reaching your goals, and you become aware of your emotional tendencies, strengths, and weaknesses. Uh, The second one is self-management, and that takes things one step further. It's the ability to manage emotions in a way that allows you to accomplish a task reach a goal, or provide a benefit. It includes the quality of self-control, which is the ability to control your emotional reactions. And then there's social awareness, which is the ability to accurately perceive the feelings of others and understand how those feelings influence behavior. In order to achieve social awareness, you must be empathetic, ready to see and feel things from other perspectives, um, feel things from the perspectives of others. And then the last one is relationship management. And this allows you to get the most out of your relationships with others. Instead of trying to force others into action, it allows you to use insight and persuasion to motivate them to act. It also includes the ability to strengthen the level of trust between you and others.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. So I feel like that gives us a good little...
1: Yeah, it gives us some good... You know, soul in the city. I, I was all about the language and the context. And I yeah. think that's important, right, to to break it down. Because sometimes I think it's hard to talk about those who we feel have emotionally misused us or misunderstood us. It's hard because, you know, maybe they physically provided for us or, you know, provided for us in other ways. But I think, I don't know, I can speak for myself with this, at least. It's hard to talk about... The emotional relationship I have with maybe my parents, um, one of my parents in particular, because they were the parent. They were the person Mm -hmm. that did the best that they could do. Um, But I think that there is an honoring space for both people to really be able to talk about emotional intelligence and emotional responsibility and how that was met or it was unmet in situations in order to establish and move forward with healthy relationships or with certain boundaries. Yeah. And so Absolutely. I think this gives us a lot of really good message uh, to a, little, a lot of great n- language, because uh, like you said, a lot of it starts with the self-awareness of like, we have to be able to admit certain things to ourselves.
0: Yeah, that certain things just weren't okay. And- figuring out how to move through that, but you have to acknowledge the emotion that you're actually feeling. Like,
1: exactly,
0: why is this upsetting me? And really digging deeper. And I feel like you really have to figure out some of those things with your parents because otherwise they keep coming up in your exactly. friendships and in your romantic relationships.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, So I'm curious, though, what are we talking about in Sola in the City? Yes, on
1: Sola in the City, we're talking about, we're going to do two activities in particular that I think really draw a little bit further into what we've already talked about today. Um, I think, um, you know, talking about how do do we really feel like about things is important. Um, So I think that turning, we're going to do an exercise that is called Turning the should into a could, uh, and so this exercise is, adapt- is adapted from this extra uh, from skills converged, um, and you can also read more about the five whys concept as it is kind of the driving force behind what we're going to walk through. So there are about um, you know. Three easy steps to complete this exercise. Uh, the first is what we would do is create a should list. And so that's where you begin by writing out a list of all the things that you think you should do, be, or believe. And be honest with yourself. If you feel like I should go have this amount of money, I should you know, have this salary, I should be married before I have children. whatever it is in terms of what you should do, be, or believe, write it all out on a list. From there, we're going to start working through the why. So we want to ask ourselves why. So an example of this would be, I should clean the house more. Why? Because my mom said I should. Why? Because she thought I was lazy growing up. Why? Because I didn't get as high of grades as she wanted me to. Why? Because I didn't think I could achieve better. Why? Because I thought I was, I was lazy too. So that series of asking yourself why, diving a little bit deeper, um, I think you can see how drilling down the why brought out a, a limiting belief that the person is lazy and unable to achieve as high as they they, they thought they may. And I mm-hmm. think that if you just ask yourself the first why or don't even get to the first why, because my mom says so, there's so much more to unpack, right? Like right. of you co-signing a belief that you are lazy like that. Imagine all the ways that that feeds into your daily activities or your daily thoughts of yourself. But sometimes we just don't even make us enough space to question why we move the way we move, mm-hmm. which I really like about this activity. So from the questioning and you know the five whys, then you step into turning it into a could. So now that you understand how damaging the use of the word should can be, it's time to transform that belief behind it. Instead of using should, reframe the thought into a positive could. Using could turns the idea into something more empowering that you can take control of. So an example of this would be, if I wanted to, I could clean the house more. Nothing is stopping me and I'll do it if I want to. Mm. So reframing this belief as a could removes the ideas of trying to appease others and puts you firmly back into control of your behavior, which is a a big part of it, right? Of like, there's such. even us talking earlier about like, you know, me and my job, like I, there's so many shoulds around, I should keep this job because it's stable, because it provides a patient, because it's an idea that pleases my family, because it brings less worry to them because they, you know, because, you know, having something stable in a traditional sense, is more affirming and, and uh, stress release. it relieves more stress from them to think about the world of me being a creative and that right. being associated to my beliefs about me being a creative and not being worthy of stepping into that because I have all these ideas of what my life should look like and what finances right. should look like from an income standpoint based off of a traditional structure. Um, and so I think this exercise really helped me to really realize that a lot of the t- things that I struggle with, uh, aren't actually beliefs that I have for myself. Um and and jilling to the wide usually has to do more with external and that's why I feel such a conflict when it comes to making around decisions around these things is because mm. it's me releasing that uh appeasing of other people for a life that I actually have to live and step into. Wow. So this, along as the other activity we're going to talk about, also can be found on positivepsychology.com. There is an entire emotional intelligence interview question section that include, I think, like, it's like seven activities total, I believe, it's either five or seven that you can work through. And so we're going to work through another one. But before we do that, I just want to think, like, how did you, us walking through that example, like, how did that... Does it seem like something that would be useful to you now as a tool? Or like, have you run through your own uh, scenario through the turning this shit into a could? Is that like a, you know?
0: Yeah, I absolutely think it's useful. I I did uh, do one myself. And so the one I did is I should work out more. Mm. Why? Because my family told me I should. Mm. Why? Because being fat makes them look bad. Mm. Because me being fat makes them look bad. Mm. Why? Because being fat is unattractive. Mm. Why? Because society doesn't respect fat women. Mm. And and why? Because I feel inadequate if I don't. Mm. And so I changed it to a could and said, um, if I wanted to, I could work out more and feel good about myself for accomplishing my goals towards my personal health.
1: Mm. That's We love it. And I think sometimes it's really just about assessing it, especially I think should can... Like they said earlier, it can be dangerous
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because, especially if it's not a should that you actually align with, and, and, right. and even if it is a should that you can align with, how can we turn it into a could? I think right. it's very powerful.
0: It's super powerful. What did you try it, or do you think it's something you would?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it was I should. <laughs> it was I should stay at my job that I'm unhappy at. <laughs> That's the Ooh. one that I use, and why? Because it would bring more peace of mind to my mother and why because she i I don't want to make her worried about me and why because if i don't i feel like if i don't follow a traditional uh pathway that it's not the right pathway and why because my creativity as a main source of income and livelihood has never been valued and why because i have never been embraced as a creative
0: How's it feel to say that out loud?
1: It's 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 like ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think it, it's such a releasing feeling because um a lot of these things are bouncing around in my head of like it took me forever to acknowledge myself as a creative. And so now to align myself with um allowing that creativity and that gift to be my life, like main source of livelihood. Um is, is scarier for me to say just because I was the pathway that was fed to me of like, you have to go into science. You have to, you know, do something that's going to make you a lot of money. So you don't have to worry about these things, these other aspects of life. And it's like, but that doesn't make me happy and um I'm in a position where happiness is a priority that joy sustainable joy is a priority for me and I understand that that wasn't for you but that is my should could and would like that is the end and end all and be all and I think that um it's it's very powerful to say out loud um Mm -hmm. and it's also scary because like it's just not what my family thinks like it's just not it's just not their ideology um but it's really affirming to be able to own it for myself and i look forward to walking into it and and letting my being be the blessing that part okay yeah so as again we're going to go back to language being uh always so important to me um i think language is also so important to me because of this right because I've always been challenged to express myself emotionally because I felt that there wasn't a valid space or a safe space for me to do so. Uh, so, feeling like if I get a piece of it, I need to know what to say, right? Mm-hmm. I need to know so that I can I can be understood or I can at least express myself with that type of intention for myself. And I think that's something that I've struggled struggled with is finding the words to express. Uh, The specific words, so rather than these broad, you know, passive ideas of, um, you know, when somebody asks you how you're doing, saying okay, being able to dive deeper into um, sharing how I truly am. Um, especially now that I'm in more of a firm space transitioning into my 30s of being like, this is what it is, okay? <laughs> this is mm-hmm. how I feel and being able to feel more affirmed and owning that, but actually not having the words to express it uh, as well. So we're going to do an exercise called the emotional meter. And so uh, the article that we've got gained this activity says that one of the best ways to Uh, develop your emotional intelligence. It's understanding why and when you feel a certain emotional responses and building a framework of language and labels to help you express yourself. So the first step in this is to identify the emotion. Take a moment to observe. That's something I absolutely was not taught to do. Uh, Mm -mm. I would definitely suppress a lot of feelings. I was very moody, very moody as a teenager. And a lot of it had Mm -mm. to do with that. I didn't have the tools to like call words or call actions or uh, put labels on what it was that I was feeling. Cause again, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had that safe space. Um, and so I think before labeling it, taking the moment to feel like, what it is is so so important um so really just clearing a space to be like are you You know your palms sweaty are you feeling like what is it that you actually are feeling are there any physical symptoms that you are able to kind of connect with and flesh out a little bit further Um, Mm -hmm. Step two would be to rate the emotion on a scale of one to ten um, step three is to rate your energy on a scale of one to 10. And then step four is to plot your emotion. And we've already gone ahead and linked up uh, uh, the article that has this really cru- cool chart that on the x-axis, there is a scale of 1 to 10 of pleasantness, and on the y-axis, there's a, a scale of 1 to 10 of energy. And so basically, you be, you're be you able to plot what, based off of your uh, scale of pleasantness and energy, where you are. And depending on that plot, it provides you a different word or descriptor or label to identify what the feeling is that you're experiencing. Um, so um the step five is to actually do the plot of your emotion. And so an example is that uh, my pleasantness is at a seven and that my energy is at a 10. Therefore, I am feeling upbeat. So I go over to the seventh quadrant, you know, the seventh section for pleasantness, pleasantness and I go up to 10 and I find a bit, a beat. And so instead of somebody saying, like, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm OK. I can say I'm upbeat. I'm feeling life. I'm feeling, and just to be able to go and take the moment to feel like, okay, I'm excited. The energy is moving. I, I feel like I'm in, you know, in a good vibration. Uh, I, you know, I feel like my energy is high and my pleasantness is also there and be able to identify that label to say, uh, be, is, is, I think it's so refreshing for me to have a word for it. Mm, it, Instead of the three main words, like, are you happy, mad, or sad? <laughs> you know? Right,
0: exactly. Because I
1: think that we're just not provide, oh, I can't speak for all. Oh, I was not provided those tools to one, prioritize emotional feelings, to express them, and three, be able to have conversations around that expression. Mm. Which I think that me, you know, in a space calling in a partner, that's very important that I'm equipped with these tools. And if I can't, Automatically just do that because I didn't already have the tools to be able to use resources like this and be able to use this as a practice so that I can start adding this to my language of expression. Do you okay, what would so let's let's try this out? So, how are okay. you really feeling today on a scale of pleasantness and energy?
0: Today I'm at about an eight. Pleasant mm-hmm. and okay, before I answer my energy, the thing is, the thing you guys need to know about me is I am not an energetic person. Like, mm-hmm. my high energy days there's like probably at everyone else's five. Mm-hmm. So, I will say I'm at like a four today, but like, I don't want y'all to think I'm just like, that's that's high for but me. This is, but
1: <laughs> this is important though, right? Because I think mm-hmm. that when we use a scale of one to 10, you have to be comfortable with your skill, right? Yeah. Like it's not a competition. It's not a comparison. but like in 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 just what you did is so important to say, like, I am not a high energy person. Mm. So understand. That it's not that upbeat is just not a feeling I'm probably gonna get to
0: ever <laughs> and owning that. But for
1: me, I am a very high energy fan, so mm-hmm. it's very alarming if I'm not a seven and above on the energy.
0: Exactly, and exactly. being
1: able to express that and understand that, even in our friendship, right, is important. Of like, if I'm all, if I'm upbeat and I'm expecting Key to be upbeat with me. If I'm not okay with not having upbeat people, then I need to reevaluate the friendships that I have. But I am okay with that. But it's important for me to understand that Key is not going to always experience the emotions that I'm going to experience. So when I'm asking for, you know, when I'm sharing something, the reaction that I'm getting, I need to base it on Key's plot in scope yeah. of our plot. And I think that's so important for friendships. sometimes you like, Oh, we we'll keep that same energy. I think that can get very dangerous sometimes mm-hmm. because people have different scales of energy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you have so, to really
1: ask yourself in friendship, like, am I okay with the scale of me being, you know, seven to 10? And is that, is that something that key is able to manage of me not being a four? Right. And me being more energetic. How does that plan out? How does that play out? And what are the expectations we have for one another in our relationship because of our natural flows of energy?
0: That's real. Because there's some people that I'm like, you are just too much for me. I cannot meet you where you're at. Uh, But to answer your question, so I think today I am at um, an eight pleasant and a four energy, which is Satisfied. Isn't, I,
1: I think that's about that's it. Isn't that yeah. nice? How are you? I'm satisfied. Yeah, I'm satisfied. How are you? I'm upbeat today. You know, I'm upbeat. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And there's so many words on here, too. I think that, you know, one of my my questions, is like, is there any, you know, are there any emotions that you just were able to identify on this chart that you identify with that would like to, you would like to start using in your own vocabulary more?
0: Uh, I think disheartened is a good one. Ooh. Uh, it's a four pleasant and a three energy. Mm. And I think I feel that I have been in places where I, I think that might be a little bit of what I was feeling, um, you know, just around my engagement, mm. uh, but not really having the word for it. Mm.
1: That's real. I think for me, uneasy is a really good one because it's still above like it's a it's the 4 unpleasantness 6 uh 6 energy and I feel yeah. like when that is my low is uneasy. Yeah. And being able to have that because they'll be like I'm not I'm not sad. I'm not mad. I'm uneasy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or um even the uh 4 um 4 unpleasantness and un- unpleasantness and 5 um, energy is down, mm. and I think also the um, uh, two, no, 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 three unpleasantness and five energy is disappointed. So I feel like uneasiness, yeah. down, and, unple- and um, disappointed are kind of like two, three of my low feelings. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I get to like a two unpleasantness, unpleasantness, and one energy of hopeless. Like just yeah, of my,
0: and I, you
1: know what I mean? Like, and I think being able to identify that, I'll be like, no, that's not really something I can identify with. Well, maybe there's something in in a different quadrant that I actually do. That maybe I don't identify with the energy, pleasant coordination, but that word I really identify with mm-hmm. is really, really important. Yeah, so I, I definitely suggest I forgot to tell y'all to get a piece of paper and a pen today. <laughs> hopefully, y'all already was in the. You know, those who are new I you not know. Pause and rewind us for a moment, uh, but this one also, you're gonna click the link and be able to check out a lot of the really, really great resources uh, that the uh, positive psychology is presented to us. And I highly encourage you take a screenshot of this chart, use it for the next week. If you know, whenever somebody says, "How are you?" go and actually look, take the time, the moment to observe, take the moment to evaluate your pleasant pleasantness as well as your energy, plot your space, and use that vocab, add that word and that emotion to your vocabulary and, and, and do it regularly so that you can be able to, You know, people might have to look the word up, that's okay. But I think <laughs> having something that you identify with that isn't just outside of the, the quick norms is very important.
0: Mm. Um, I, like that. I yeah. like that. So
1: the, the other question, the, the only other question that I have here is like, are there any emotions that you are challenged to feel, admit feeling?
0: Yeah. So I think for me, they're right next to each other. Um, two, two, two uh, is depressed. Mm. And then one on the pleasant scale and two up is despondent. And I think despondent is actually the one that I relate to more. Mm -hmm. And just to give us a quick meaning, it's in low spirits from loss of hope or courage. So when I just kind of feel like I don't know what's next, I don't have faith in what's happening next, I don't... um, you know, even just getting the news like, oh, New York and LA are closing back up and what that means for modeling. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, I had some hope that like, okay, it's going to open soon. I can travel back to New York. I can model a little bit and then getting the email from my agency like, yeah, all the castings in December are actually po- postponed mm-hmm. indefinitely and uh, we're not doing any trial. Like there's nothing that's happening anytime soon. I don't think it was a depression that I felt, but I definitely think despondent uh, is where I was operating for a few days, Mm. for sure. What about for you?
1: I would say um, for me, um, it is the pleasantness pleasantness seven and the energy one, complacent. I've always had an issue with that word. I don't It's just never been a word that lays with me well. <laughs> um, so I think they complacent because I'm always like, I am a high energy, very excitable person. Complacent sounds like not that to me, um, but just finding some peace in that, like that, that there's OK that though, if that is an emotion to honor mm-hmm. it and not push myself to be somewhere else. Um, but I think that those are, um, that is a, a word that I just struggle with in general, but because it's so low energy, um, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely something that I experience, but it's hard for me to admit. Um, mm.
0: And also, yeah, that's in, that is interesting because that's that's one I can see why people have an issue with it. But I've learned to accept like that's a, where I operate a lot of the time. Like, yeah, and I don't, I'm chilling. I
1: was like, I think that um, I actually don't operate there often, but I do operate there at times. Uh, but it isn't a, it isn't a frequent space for me. Um, So, I think that that is more when I have a like, "Mm, something's not, something's actually not actually well, you need to check in on different points because this isn't your natural vibration, this isn't your natural space. Um, But it is a space that you can learn from and it is a space that you can function in. It's just not your primary space of functioning. And really honoring that, right, like to have own your primary space of function, but understand that sometimes you can function and will function and need to function in other spaces. Um, I would also say another one for me that's really um, hard because one is just honestly not an emotion i feel very often is on a pleasantness five on a energy four which is bored i am not a person that's bored very often um so i think that um that is a red flag if i'm feeling that uh it's something to, for again for me to make space for and to examine more but like if i'm feeling bored something's really not well.
0: Yeah. I've learned that my boredom comes from loneliness. So mm. like, I'll say that I'm bored and I felt really bad. Cause I actually said this to my sister the other day and I was like, I need to apologize to her because that wasn't the word I was looking for. Um, but I remember calling her. It was after my engagement. We took our, uh, me and my fiance took our engagement pictures and like, he had to go back home and like, normally we spend more time together, but because I don't know, they had practice or something the next day he had to go back. And so I remember calling her and like, what are you doing, girl? I'm bored. But it wasn't necessarily that I'm bored. It was like, I want more connection or like to be around Mm -hmm. somebody, but like to just call her and seem like I only want to hang out with you because I'm bored. I was like, that's not what I Mm -hmm. meant. So I needed the other word of like, maybe even lonely isn't the word, but I'm seeking connection at the moment. Mm -hmm. Are you available?
1: exactly exactly right and even I think that was a good thing because sometimes our emotions go beyond ourselves right like if you're expressing the inaccurate emotion that can trigger certain emotional points for the other the recipient. Mm-hmm. Right. So really being able to analyze that. And I think that's why it's so important to take that moment, observe what we are. And like it's we're, it's natural that we don't. Right. It's yeah. it's natural based off of our socialization that we don't find the actual accurate word. Uh, but I think I you know, we are challenging. You know, we're all about and fake friends. We're growing together. And so to really take the time to diagnose, uh, not diagnose, I don't even like that word, to uh, create space to analyze our feelings um, and to call up and call out our feelings is extremely, extremely important. Not only for ourselves, but for those around us. Because mm-hmm. also if we are feeling things and those feelings are correlated to a need, because sometimes I have, you know, I've struggled with that about, I feel this, but I don't know how to express what I need based off of me feeling this. Right. That is work we have to do for ourselves, for our partners, for our loved ones, for our family. To connect that need, but if we miss if we're misdiagnosing the emotion just off of laziness of us just being like, well, this is what my go to word is, mm-hmm. or this is what I say, like it's very simple. Then to also not have our needs met and then cause further emotions if yeah. they're misunderstood or all these things, but we are responsible for some for most of that work. Yeah. And so equipping ourselves with reading these articles and having these conversations about emotions beyond mad, sad and happy is, is beneficial to all of our, ourselves as well as our emotion, our our connections that we host.
0: I love this exercise. Thank you, Sola. No
1: problem, I think it's really, I'm excited. So y'all, you definitely know we're gonna be checking in this week, so you, uh, you better swipe on that uh, <laughs> on the exercise and make sure that you are uh, noting what you actually feel when um, oh. you think the word and let's practice together. I think it's just really, really awesome that we have these tools mm-hmm. and that we are introducing them in ways that can actually be advantageous to our, ourselves and our communities that we have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, thank y'all for tuning in to this week's Grown Ass Emotions episode of the Fake Friends Podcast with Kiera Rose.
1: And Tola T. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fake Friends Podcast.
0: If you love this episode of the Fake Friends Podcast, head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.
1: We appreciate you growing with us. Don't forget to join us next week for another Grown Ass Conversation. We grown friends now. So send this episode to three of your friends so we can all be friends. Bye. Bye.